You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, it was an eventful weekend around the NFL. Uh, everybody played their preseason finales. Uh, there were some injuries. There were some other updates or some just crazy stuff going on, yeah. on around the league right now. Uh, quarterbacks named starters, none really that were a super big surprise. Uh, but I think the biggest news, uh, at least in the AFC North, was the uh, injury to J.K. Dobbins. Um, unfortunate for the young man. Uh, sure. You know, you and I were both uh, fans of him in last year's draft. Um, thought he would get, he was going to have a, a pretty big. 2021 20, uh, season and uh, that is now out the window what does this do to that Ravens offense I think it hurts it dramatically um you know there's the argument that hey running backs don't matter and you and I have gone down that road a million times and you know leads back to the the Najee Harris draft pick but he was a guy like you said we both liked a lot you know, there were five high-end running backs in that draft a year ago and he was my favorite I think he was yours as well um, yeah. And, you know, like all those guys, started his career a little slow with the COVID world and no preseason, but got better and better and better and made a lot of yardage on his own. Um, he's got a lot more burst and big play potential, that, certainly, than the other guys on that roster. And I thought it was pretty clear, and I don't even think Harbaugh hid this. I mean, even, you know, in the offseason, just talking about we're going to throw the ball to running backs more. You know, it's easier for Lamar. I mean, it, it, we have a guy like Dobbins that's good at it. So I think that's a big thing they were counting on of, you know, reshaping their offense. It's going to be hard to pull off now with Gus Edwards, who's a good back, and they're fortunate to have him. They gave him money this offseason, and he's a true Raven, tough guy, you know, and is better than people think. But he's just not the big play threat or the receiver. No, I think if you're defending the Ravens, it got a lot easier because, yeah. you know, if you if you have the the read option to Dobbins, you at least have to pay attention. I mean, he averaged six yards a carry last year. Yeah, yeah, and it's in not limited, all in limited of the playing time. And, I mean, the scheme helps, right. but that's not the only reason. He's a good player. Whereas if it's if it's, you know, if you're handing off to one of these other guys, are you going to be quite as fearful? You know, you're just going to go hit Lamar because he's the home run threat. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Lamar takes more of a beating now, without question. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're going to definitely go, right? okay, we'll, we'll trust our trust the, the linebackers to get Gus Edwards on the ground. Uh, but you're going to take your shots at Lamar. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a major – it's a big deal for the Ravens. And, and there's – you know, there was talk – maybe they'll side Todd Gurley or maybe they'll sign, you know, one of these veteran guys. None of these guys do that. For, you know, they're even no. trading for Mark Ingram. That doesn't do it for me. No, none of those guys move the needle. I mean, if they would do something big like go trade for Melvin Gordon, okay, you know, but Adrian Peterson, Gurley, Ingram, Lev Bell, those guys are washed, man. I mean, they're none of them have looked good for a while. Um, they might put up some numbers, but they're not as good as Edwards or bring much in the passing game or bring you big play abilities. I mean, I think they loved the Dobbins and were really, really high on them and wanted to give them more and more. And now they just can't, you know. I mean, it's it's one. It's my least favorite thing about the sport is there's so much you count on all off season, and then it's taken away from you in a snap. You know, like man, I, I got to totally scrap all this work and all these thoughts I had 
about designing my offense around this guy a little more. And the other thing they dealt with that we didn't bring up, though, is you know they lost Bateman a while ago, too. And I thought Bateman was a really good compliment to Marquise Brown. I know he's just a rookie, but he's a chain mover. He's a route runner. He's exactly what they needed. So two of your five skill position guys you were really counting on aren't available. Yeah, there was another uh, move today as well inside the uh, the AFC North. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, but the Giants traded B.J. Hill and the conditional seventh-round draft pick to Cincinnati for Billy Price. Really? That seems that's like how, just that's how hard garbage. up. For, yeah. Yeah, that's how hard up the, 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 the Giants are. People talk about the Steelers' offensive line. Oh, oh it's man. the worst in the league. No, no, the Giants' offensive line is the worst in the league. There's four or five, and the Giants are at the bottom of the list to agree with you here. You know, Chicago's like that, too. Billy Price is bad. He stinks. He's, He's awful. Horrendous, yeah. <laughs> and maybe P.J. Hill was another one that, you know, we're just going to cut both dudes, and so we'll swap our garbage for your garbage. But, man, I mean, it's that's a desperate type of move. I, I didn't see that, but, wow, it doesn't change my opinion at all of either team. No, not one bit. No. Um, the Browns did kind of make it through uh, their preseason semi-healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys like Greedy Williams went down. I don't know if they were counting on Greedy Williams this year. Um, He's been hard to count, but on. he can't stay. He can't stay healthy. No. Um, they did lose some guys. They lost one of their inside backers early in camp. Um, you know, so again, when we look at this. Uh, I, I don't know that the Steelers are in awful shape. Uh, does no. the, does the Dobbins does the Dobbins injury change the dynamic in the AFC North to you? A little. It's just been overall bad mojo for Baltimore. You know, I mean, guys missing with COVID, including Lamar, and there there have been a lot more negative things than positive things happening around that team. I certainly think Harbaugh is a guy that can certainly get that ship straight, you know, straightened out and right the ship. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, I mean, they're the ones that have taken the, the the bombs the most so far. And they're not super adapt to deal with it at those two positions, including Bateman. You know, the guys, again, guys they counted on. I mean, if Steelers lost their first-round pick and they're starting running back, which happened to be the same person, I understand that, you know, we'd all be thinking the sky's falling right now. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, th- I think Baltimore is a, a bit vulnerable right now. I do, too. Because of that, I mean – I, I don't I think that they're I didn't trust their as good line as, that much. I mean, it's kind of like the Steelers, yeah. totally revamped, and but the older version. And the edge pass rush, I think, has taken a step back just to begin with, and they planned for those things. Yeah. I mean, and this is before they've played a snap. I know, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago, and when uh, I can't remember who put it. Was it was it Graziano? Who put out the, the thing ranking the off-seasons for teams? Oh, yeah. We didn't agree with it all that much. It was somebody from ESPN, though. Yeah. Anyway, so this, they had the Steelers last uh, <laughs> yeah. as having the worst offseason of any team. To me, this all counts as the offseason. Oh, because yeah, the season doesn't right, right. start until the season starts. Right. This is the timely. season starts in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, when the season starts. The offseason so to me to, is the day the Super Bowl ends until the day the regular season starts. Right. So, I mean, I look at this and I, I look at what the Ravens, the Ravens offseason on them like, it's a pretty bad offseason. It's a pretty bad offseason, right. And some of it's out of their control. There's no question about that. But, you know, you're considering you had two first-round picks and you're going to get anything out of either, you know, including Oway, who they knew was a project, and your starting tackle 
that you got one of those first-round picks for is gone, and you're going to have to fill that gap with Villanueva or whomever, and you're hoping Zeitler and Stanley and Villanueva and some of these older guys are still highly capable, you know, either they're coming off injury or up in age. And, you know, they were – their offense has just gotten easier and easier to play against as there's more tape of it, you know, and that should surprise no one. It's like a pitcher going through the league the second time or whatever, you know. So everyone now is not afraid to play man coverage against them because they don't have man-beater type receivers. And they just crowd the middle of the field, and they're begging Lamar to throw outside the numbers. And I don't know that that changes anymore. You know, like the Ravens recognized how teams were playing them and tried to make moves this offseason – but I don't know that they corrected the problem. Yeah. One of the kind of under the radar, too, is that Nick Boyle uh, is probably not going to be ready to start the regular season mm. for them. I mean, he's their blocking tight end. Yeah. It's funny you brought him up because you wouldn't think that. Yeah, he's deal. actually the starter. Mark Andrews isn't the starter. Right. Nick Boyle is the starter. Yep. And I know Hayden Hurst isn't a tremendous player. But they missed him last year, too. I mean, they want to play a lot of two and three tight end sets. And so, like, when Boyle would be out, they didn't have their guys. You know, I mean, they they count on those peripheral blockers a great deal. The Boyles and I forget the 280-pound fullback that looks like a defensive tackle that they use. And <laughs> th- those type of guys, you know. But that's instrumental. Card, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, they're a little down. I mean, uh, I think they're a great organization, and they're as likely to figure it out as anyone. And, you know, the Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Steelers, Titans all have hardships ahead. But it's an early couple blows that you're going to look back and say, man, maybe it's just not your year. Yeah, um, that and that happens. I mean, it didn't happen to them in 2015 when they when they went five games that year. Yeah. Um, right. You know, that, that, that can happen. Um I'm looking here at the at the Ravens depth chart. Uh, Odell Beckham still kind of nicked up, uh, not not doing anything. Um, defensively, uh, you know they. Uh, Miles Garrett hasn't you know didn't play a lot. Mm-hmm. Mac Wilson's kind of nicked up. I don't think Ronnie Harrison played at all. Clowney, yeah, Clowney's hardly played. I I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I th- I think the Browns are the at least on paper right now, the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, I agree but right that pa- now. That, but that paper is very thin, and it's written in pencil. Yeah, it is. It's a second-year head coach with a quarterback that's up and down and certainly benefits from those around him, but he's got a really good cast. Number one receiver that you know, we often bring up is hard to rely on. And I love their defensive changes. Like I think they're going to live in – dime and have a lot of defensive backs on the field but there's probably some learning curve there too with a lot of new bodies and some new style of play too but I I like where the Browns are at I mean don't get me wrong and I'm I'm sure Browns Nation Radio right now is pretty happy about the Dobbins injury and you know looks at probably patting themselves on the back but we're the we're the team to beat now in the north and uh we'll see yeah I mean I I think Jacob Phillips was going to play a lot for them yeah, linebacker at least at least he's and, and he's already out for the season i mean it's it's tough it's it's mm-hmm. tough to make it through this without being uh just again things change quickly in the nfl no they do um it's not about who wins the off season uh it's about who stays the most healthy uh and speaking of which hardships and yeah and, and how well how well do you adjust to, mm-hmm. to what 
It just happened. And as, as um, awesome as Stefanski was last year, and he would have got my vote for coach of the year, you got to trust Harbaugh and Tomlin to handle the hardships better than him. Well, without a doubt, they've right, done right. it before. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I still think back to, or, you know, Stefanski was on the staff in Minnesota when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Mm, yeah. And if you remember, when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt at that practice, they canceled the rest of practice. Yeah, I guess it was gruesome, and he was so well loved, and all that. And but then, what kind of message is that? What kind of message does that send to the rest of the team that day? Sure, you know what I mean? Right. Times are down. You know, right? We just uh oh, not, not move on. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we're screwed. I mean, you see, I've seen this a hundred times. Uh, you know, somebody goes down in, in Steelers practice, and, and as as callous as it seems, you kind of they move the the whole huddle and everything moves up, and they that guy gets worked on behind the line, and they just go on with their practice. Yeah, I think that is a good message. It's a good thing to bring up because the show has to go on no matter what. You know, I mean, um, you know, and then they react by we're going to give a first round pick for Sam Bradford. You know, <laughs> like well, you know, th that seems like a desperate move to the locker room, and, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, the Colts put three guys on their COVID list today? They're a mess. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Ryan Kelly, Zach Pascal. Okay. So Carson Wentz was their, just Kelly's been one of the, the only offensive few linemen they could count on. Right. Um, Wentz was Sam just coming Kevy back too, which doesn't sound yeah. like much, but he's the starting left tackle until Fisher comes back, which is going to be a long time from now. And Fisher has COVID and a torn AC or torn. Achilles and Tevi wasn't good to begin yeah. with, so they're on their third offensive tackle. Is Nelson going to be there early in the season? I mean, their first five games are horrific, and even Ellinger, the rookie quarterback, looked like he had the leg up on Eason to start. If Wentz wasn't going to play, he got hurt. Now he's out. <laughs> Ty Hilton is banged up. I mean, it's rough for the Colts. I don't know anyone's had a rougher in the Colts the last couple of weeks. No, I don't know either. And, and you know, I, I think they were kind of feeling a little better about the situation with Wentz, you mm -hmm. know, coming back and, okay, it looks like he was going to, he's going to practice. We're going to be all right. He'll be ready to go for the opener. And then he goes on the COVID list. Yeah. Right. Right. Just yet another <laughs> obstacle for this guy. The whole team's been like that. Every step forward is two steps back and maybe we'll get a lot of good reports. You know, you, you beat reporter types will be at practices these next two weeks and we'll, we'll know things like Wentz is back out there running with the ones and looks healthy. Okay, great. But he still has not had hardly any time with his new teammates. I mean, no matter, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, right. he's uh, he he can't return for five days. Uh -huh. He's not vaccinated. Yeah. So he has to be out for at least five days. Different ways, but anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, in fact, I, I think I saw something. The Colts were one of the least vaccinated teams in the league, and this is uh, this is what can happen with this if you're not vaccinated. If you're vaccinated and you have a close contact, which is what this was, uh -huh. he didn't test positive but they had a close contact with somebody who tested positive. You're automatically out five days five if days. you're unvaccinated. Yeah. If you're vaccinated and you have a close contact, they can give you the test and you're back the next day. That's a massive difference. I mean, right now it is. Absolutely. But five weeks from now, if it's on a Wednesday, that's a massive difference, you know, or even a Tuesday, you know, like you're not around for that week. Uh, I mean, I guess this is some personal and political views and all that, but if I'm Vegas or betting on team over-unders, I think I would go look at the vaccination rates. And if I could figure out which quarterbacks and stars are vaccinated versus not, that's a big deal over the course of just 17 games. 
Yeah, you know, we've already it seemed uh, we know Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated. Lamar's we know not, uh, right. Lamar Jackson isn't is, isn't vaccinated. Cam Carson Newton. Wentz isn't vaccinated. Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Right. You know, these are these are four quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Like you're the you're the leader of your team. And like I don't you get know. It. I mean, I understand that some people are against it and I haven't done enough homework either way, but I just know that if I'm trying to win football games in this league, the way that the rules are set up, I sure would be pushing for my quarterback to be vaccinated or find maybe find someone that is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and there's probably some other ones out there that we don't know about I'm necessarily. Sure three or four more. But it's your quarterback. That's your quarterback. I, so I saw something from uh, – I'm trying to think of who it was, but they were talking about Cousins, and it was a former Vikings player. Uh, I can't remember who it was now. And he was talking about how that's irresponsible for your quarterback not to not to get vaccinated. He's like, I wouldn't want to get in the huddle with him. Now, I think that's a bit extreme. Sure. But he's like, you know, you, you get tackled in the NFL and you're at the bottom of that pile. And he, and he said, I, I've been in a situation where, you know, the, the guy who's on top of me, his face mask is right in mine. And I, I can I, I, he, I think the quote was. I could tell what he had been drinking the night before. <laughs> right, right. You know, there's sweat and spit and blood. And, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not hard to get a disease on the middle of a, a 60 uh, you know, minute NFL game. Um, I think it's irresponsible, too. That's more of a personal view, especially if you're a quarterback or something like that. Because, you know, and my point with it is isn't whether you're into the vaccine or not. It, everyone has their own own thoughts. But availability in this league is hard enough as it is. So if you're going to make it even less likely you're on the field with a decision you could make or not because of the rules that are the same for everybody, man, I mean, that's to me is a little on the selfish side. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's – And we're going to see it. I mean, it's going to happen in the league this year. I mean, there's going to be – Oh, there's no doubt. Though Somebody's going to be games. without their starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No I mean, doubt about it. I don't know if it. we'll have a Denver wide receiver at quarterback situation, but people are – I bet some people miss games and it affects the outcome of games. Um, we also saw over the weekend the Deshaun Watson trade uh, rumors mm -hmm. kick back up again. Now, I, I, I don't – He's not traded. You can't trade for the guy right now. I just don't see how anybody could do it, especially not when you saw the asking price. Three yeah. first-round picks and two second-round picks? Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, that's the asking I mean, price before any allegations came out. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, if that's he's, what he's worth as a If player. he's got a clean bill of health and, and a clean backstory and everything's perfect, that's the asking price for, for a guy like Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. a 25-year-old star quarterback. Right. You're getting three first-round draft picks in, in, in two seconds for him right now. I would think half of that. And then if you're I don't even know if you get that. I don't even know if you get that. Right. Or very conditional in, in nature. You know, I mean, we saw the Wentz trade. It could be a two or a one, depending how much he plays. But how much would Watson play for the Eagles, Dolphins, you know, Broncos, whomever, if he were to trade for him right this second? Probably very little. He's probably you know, not going to see the field much. Um a lot there to unpeel, actually, because part of me thought, and I, I think I forwarded it to you, that, the, that when that report came out, I'm like, that just doesn't add up. I mean, all the reports about Tua have been quite strong, and I've watched a fair amount of his preseason. I think he looks much better. Last year, that offense with Chan Gailey, who's very, very old, was very structured to Fitzpatrick. It wasn't you know, structured to Tua. So the whole offseason's been about building around Tua with – speed guys in a different system 
And anytime you can upgrade an average quarterback to a superstar, you certainly listen. Don't get me wrong. And Watson's way better than Tua probably ever will be. But with all con- all that swirling, Miami's not a garbage team. I mean, you make a move like that right now, that just doesn't add up to me at all. No, I, I don't think so either. And I think – I don't know whether it was the agent trying to drum something up, whether sure it was, somebody right. was trying to drum something up that wasn't there because the, the immediate reaction out of my – like the Dolphins have emerged as the leader – and then the immediate reaction out of Miami was like, yeah, that's not – that asking price not is too high. Price. Yeah, yeah, and they basically just addressed yeah, it not and kind of laughed it off. But I do yeah. think – we haven't mentioned the Minshew trade, which doesn't seem like much. But no, I think that's – yeah, I want to get to that next. Yeah, I think all these are related because I did kind of believe that Philly, with three first-round picks next year, a young quarterback that I don't really have much hope for in Hurts, would be a team that maybe they'd give you the the asking price right now, even if Watson doesn't play it down this year, sit him. It's going to be a long year in Philly anyway. But the rumors have it that Watson pretty much told everybody that with my no-trade clause, I'm not going to Philly. And then they go trade for Minshew, which makes me think that they are not in the Watson sweepstakes at all. You know, they might be in the Spencer Rattler sweepstakes, but I don't think – I think they're out on Watson. Well, yeah, I think at this point – if you're a team looking for a quarterback at, at this point in the, in the process, you're just going to play it out. I, I mm-hmm. think if you're the, the Eagles right now, you're going, okay, we just saw this preseason. We're probably not, this is probably another rebuilding year. This is probably year two, two or year three of the mm-hmm. rebuild, wherever they think they're at. You just hired a new head coach. Let him pick his, pick his quarterback. Don't give up three first round picks in two seconds. Oh, man. For a guy who may not who may not play this year, sure. Like that's that's I mean that's your future. I mean you know this as well as I do. I mean these teams probably have a better understanding of how his case will go than you or me or anybody listening. You know they're, they're, there's just more resources, more money. You know they might deep down be like Deshaun's going to get off all this. It's all going to go away. But it's not a slam dunk or the NFL might not see it that way. And Oh, by the way, he's super expensive. And what's your fan base or, you know, you're especially the women in the crowd, you know, how are they going to treat him? How is his new team? Yeah, how are gonna they going to react him? to this? What's owner have to say about it? You know, I mean, maybe he's hundred percent innocent and is a salt of the earth, but he's going to have some things to deal with when he goes to a new team that are <laughs> difficult. I mean, there's just no way around that. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, I just don't know. And, again, we wouldn't necessarily be talking about this on Steelers Nation Radio, but for the fact that um, all the Dwayne Haskins love and all the, the good uh, feelings about Dwayne Haskins might have gone out the window with the performance Friday night in Carolina. Right. Just a little rough on Dwayne probably too. Yeah. Um, you know, I – I here is my thinking on that whole situation, Matt. I saw pretty much what I had been seeing over the course of training camp with okay. him, and maybe this is an Ohio State quarterback thing. We saw the same thing said about Justin Fields; he won't throw the ball unless the guy's wide open, college open, college yeah, wide right. open. Yeah. I see that with Haskins, yeah, where he, you know, he's he just you know check down, check down, check down. Oh, that guy's running wide open. I'm going to throw that one. And, and then he buzzes the ball in there, and everybody says, oh, did you see that throw Dwayne Haskins made? Yeah, I saw that one, but I also saw the first six 
where he just checked the ball down to the running back or the, the, the receiver running the crosser when there were four other guys running down the field. You get Chase Claypool. Yeah. Chase yeah. Claypool's on the field with you, and you don't throw him a 50-50 ball. And you certainly have the arm strength to do it. And, I mean, that should be one of the strengths of your game considering your so-so athleticism and big arm. And we don't need you to be Alex Smith, check down guy. You know, I mean, we don't or Teddy Bridgewater. We need you to be the aggressive, you know, the drive the ball down the field dude. And there's two things that worry me with Haskin. That's the biggest one because – for those that don't realize it, and wanted to kill Ben last year for his average depth of target in the short passing game Pittsburgh, Washington's was as bad or worse. And some of that was Alex Smith, but just as much of it was Haskins. And makes you also wonder how were they coached, all those things. But they made quarterback changes. They, they didn't accept it. Um, and then the other – so uh, is he going to be aggressive enough to your point? I think that's the biggest thing that worries me. But I also think, and again, it's small sample size, but if you look at his snaps in the preseason in a Steeler uniform, when his supporting cast was better than the opposing defense, he played his best, which of course everyone does. But when it wasn't early in the Carolina game, he looked overmatched. You know, like late against Philly with their garbage depth, he was great. And they had this huge running game and everyone, you know, all these huge holes. But I think if you really look at the context of who he played with and who he played against, he didn't elevate those around him as much as he just let the better players he played with do, you know, beat their guys. Yeah, and and that, again, that and that's fine. I mean, I'm not expecting him to be Brett Favre. Yeah, right. I, I, I you know, I, I just looked at that as okay. He needs. Uh, he's not out of the plans. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. just toss him aside. There were people saying, "Well, cut, cut him and and you know, keep Dobbs." That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Haskins is more um, valuable than Dobbs. Absolutely. And you want him um, around. It's been a successful experiment, but it's still absolutely a- his. The, the fact that he played well enough to make your roster is a win, uh, but it doesn't change my long-term view of the quarterback position to where okay, Haskins is the future quarterback. No. No, I agree. I with think they're still going to be looking. I think he what he did with this is give himself an opportunity to come back again next year and potentially compete. Maybe it's a Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and a rookie mm-hmm. competing for your starting job, or you know maybe they fi- they figure out okay we you know we can let Haskins go and we're going to trade for David Carr or whatever it may be sure. you know or Derek Carr I should say whatever it may be but I you know. There's so many ways they can go. Yeah, but having I don't him there know, this, can't this, hurt. It can't hurt. No, I, again, yeah, they've got him back next year again at, on the cheap if they want that because he's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, you, you the other honestly, thing I think what is this, very possible is this time of year or week three of the preseason next year. Maybe somebody gives you a fifth round pick for Rudolph or Haskins, and the other ones you're surefire back up. You know, and you're happy about it. You know, I mean, those guys are resources. They're not. You're not just give them away. You can quit on. You know, give them up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, um, you know, you know. I, I think what happens with that is instead of perhaps having to offer him, you know, let's let's say he goes out there and plays well and he wins the number two job. Mm-hmm. Well, then going Great. in the next season, uh, you in, instead of putting a, a restricted tag on him. That's a, let's say you put a second round restriction tag restricted tag on him. Um, 
if he's your number two, you probably have to put your first on a number mm-hmm. one restricted tag on, and and that just changes everything. Um, you, you know what the what the compensation is that all that kind of stuff. I think now you can probably get away with that second round comp- compensatory or uh, offer to him. Mm-hmm. And if somebody if somebody makes an offer, somebody signs him, oh, great, you get a second round pick in return. Yeah. I mean, you took yeah. a, a guy if that you invested nothing in and turned him into a second round pick in 365 days. Great. Yeah. If not, then you know, if, then he's on your roster and he's battling for one of those spots. Yeah. Right. And, and so, still a win win. It's never bad to have a great backup, too. You know, I mean, we we talk about the value in that a lot, and most teams don't, or you know, just an asset to move to another team. Along those lines, I don't know how much time we have, but I mean. Part of me thought, because the Steelers weren't in a position to do it, I would have loved to give up a six-round pick for Minshew. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll take yeah. Minshew over the two guys the Steelers have, but not at the cost of cutting one of them or, you know, they weren't in the position to add that guy. But, and which brings me to that conversation, too. Like, I'm sitting here watching the Giants. Like, why wouldn't the Giants give you a fifth for Minshew? And I could probably come up with ten other teams. You know, Atlanta. I mean, just if you're going to give me all tosses a sixth to get Minshew – I'll add him as a long-term backup Fitzpatrick type, at, at, you know, for a fifth rounder. If I'm ten different teams in the league, yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised. That. I guess you know, with with uh, I, first of all, I don't know why Jackson will be so hot to get rid of him. It brings me to another. You get a cheap backup. Yeah, it had but, that show. Uh, Jackson was made some. Like yeah, they're just right. going to get rid of some of their own. We know they're good players, but we'll take six round picks that will never turn into anything. Instead. <laughs> I don't know that that's the best way to team build. You know, is really moving yeah. on from Schobert and Minshew make you better? I mean, Minshew's still on his rookie contract. He's, it costs nothing. I mean, he's gold. Yeah. He's a cheap backup, a, a ridiculously cheap backup that costs you pennies on the dollar that's still one of the best backups in the league. Uh, that's the beauty of him to me. I mean, if you use a six-round pick and he turns into Gardner Minshew, you're doing cartwheels, and you already get that. I, I just don't understand that logic. And how about this one, Dale? Like, it took Urban Meyer until a couple days ago to anoint Trevor Lawrence as his starter. And we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be the starter. But how many times and reps, especially in practice, did they give to Minshew that they could have given to Lawrence? Right. You know, like, there's right. only so yeah. many t- hours in the day, and you're wasting them on the guy you're going to trade for a six-round pick. Yeah, I, I, again, I'll, I'll say it again. I don't think uh, Urban Meyer is long for the NFL, but we'll I see. I my doubts, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to do it for the, this show. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Breck here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.